This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Green Left Weekly Radio. There's one newspaper that is independent of powerful capitalist interests, and that is Green Left Weekly. It's the people's voice committed to human and civil rights, ecological sustainability, democracy and equality. It presents ideas that the mainstream media won't. Green Left is a leading source of local, national and international news with analysis, discussion and debate to strengthen the anti-capitalist movement. It helps expose the lies of the capitalist press and puts the voices of the marginalised and the oppressed at the centre of fighting for a better world and helps us understand the political developments unfolding around us. Good morning, listeners. You are with Green Left Radio, brought to you by 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR is being broadcast from the land of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung peoples of the Kulin Nation, and we respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners, caretakers and custodians of the land. This land was stolen, taken by brute force, and sovereignty was never ceded. We join in solidarity with First Nations people's struggles for justice. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Thanks, Jordan. So we've got a new guest presenter in the studio this morning. Uh, good morning, Jordan. Good morning, Chloe. It's an honour and a privilege to be here. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you here. And we've also got Sue Bolton, Socialist Alliance Marybeth Councillor. Good morning, Sue. Hi, Chloe. How's it going? Yeah, good. And hi, listeners. And we've also got Charlie, who's a little West Highland Terrier, and he's being very quiet right now, so mm-hmm. you, you can't hear him, so he's not... Yeah, maybe, maybe he'll speak up later. But we've got a packed show this morning. Um, so at 7.10, we're going to be hearing from Dr. Shamikh Badra, Palestinian activist from Gaza. At 7.40, we're going to be interviewing Nathan Bell, who is an author and musician and he's written a book that depicts a post-apocalyptic Newcastle run by a bikey dictatorship. And then there's this a revolution to overthrow them. So um, that's going to be... Uh, and he's also a musician, so we'll play uh, his song as well. So uh, we're looking forward to that interview. And then we're going to be interviewing, as a last interview, we're going to be interviewing Hellchild, who is a brilliant character comedian, an impersonator and a comic poet who does wicked political satire. And Hellchild is going to be talking about the upcoming annual Green Left Comedy Debate, which is coming up on November 10th, of a Friday, which is next week. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope you know listeners will stick around to hear those interviews. But first, we're, we would like to just talk about some, just, you know, talk about a few news, new headlines and the first one I do want to mention is um, there was a, a silent vigil recently outside ABC offices in Nam um, on the October 31st. And this was to pay tribute to a Palestinian journalist, uh, Rashidi Zaraz, um, Zaraj, and um, the more than 20 other p- journalists who have been killed by Israel's bombing of Gaza and Rushdie was a free a freelance journalist who reported for many international media outlets, including the ABC. 
and the vigil called on the ABC to pay tribute to Rushdie and other journalists who have died in this war and protection of all journalists reporting from Gaza. And um, you just, you know, we are here at 3CR, we, you know, um, we want to pay, pay tribute to all the journalists out there that are covering what's going on in Palestine. It is a Oh, good morning, Zane. <laughs> We've got Zane here, another presenter coming in. <laughs> um, I'll just turn turn Zane's mic on. Um, yeah, we, we're journalists here, Green Left as well. We're all activist journalists, and you know, you know, we're reporting on um, serious issues. But when you have to be on the ground, you are um, risking your your life. So, our, you know, on behalf of 3CR and Green Left, our condolences. Um, go out to um, all the journalists who are, you know, getting killed, also putting themselves in the line of fire. Um, yeah. Did, well, I think it's absolutely outrageous yeah. that the ABC never made any proper acknowledgement um, about the death of mm. Rushdi um, because uh, Rushdi um, has reported, has been reporting from Gaza and the ABC is one of the news organisations that he's reported for. And his last report was um, uh, from the Al-Shifa hospital after it was bombed by Israel. Um, And, you know, there have been plenty of other cases where the ABC has made a proper acknowledgement when um, a reporter has died or been injured in the line of duty and... Uh, there hasn't been a similar acknowledgement of um, Rushdie's death um, in the line of duty. Um, So it sort of just indicates the level of bias within the media, the level of bias um, in favour of Israel and against really acknowledging the scale of what Israel's doing in Gaza. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, If... Did should, I, I was going to move on to the next um, news item unless any yeah. anyone else wanted to. I mean, I might just reiterate that mm. it is absolutely outrageous and uh, it is indicative of the atrocious biases in mainstream media, including ABC and SBS. Um, and reiterate that Green Left Solidarity is with all of those who are willing to put their lot and put their lives at risk in order to you know, be in alliance and solidarity with the oppressed and suffering of the world. So rest in peace. Yeah. Um, uh, I was going to comment on something. Maybe we were going to talk, are we going to talk about that protest at uh, Miles' office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this just feeds into the media bias thing. So Mm. as people know, there was a, or as people may not know, there was a protest at the office of Defence Minister Richard Miles in Geelong. Or you could say the War Minister. The War Minister, mm. yes, yes, Defence in inverted commas. And uh, a the, the bulk of the group that were there were anti-Zionist Jews. Now, in subsequent reporting, I heard on Radio National on Wednesday afternoon... The, the reporting was about protesters at Richard Miles's office, but there was no mention of the fact that these were dissident anti-Zionist Jews. 
And in an image that's been going around social media, when Sky News reported on that protest, instead of just doing what I would think would be the logical thing and having a photo of the protesters at Richard Miles's office, the photo they used was of Hamas giving a press conference um, in in Gaza. So, like, like, admittedly, I'm biased against Sky News, but surely, like there's probably a more accurate photo to use of anti-Zionist Jewish protesters than a photo of Hamas. Like, I would go so far as to say it's a little bit anti-Semitic to, yeah. to erase the identity of Jewish people who aren't towing the kind of dominant narrative that that the attack on Gaza is somehow an essential part of the the Jewish religion or whatever like we we you know it's it's absolutely unacceptable to be erasing the voices of anti-Zionist Jews at this time. And in addition to that, um, that photo would have given you the impression that Hamas was in Geelong on Wednesday <laughs> when it clearly wasn't. Um, like, surely you'd use a photo of the actual protesters in Richard Mail's office. Mm-hmm. Like, that is just a truly bizarre, bizarre thing to do. Um, and, you know, yeah. I, I, but also, you're right, there is an anti, mm. anti-Semitic element to this um, of raising the voices of Jews. And all over Canada... Um, Anti-Zionist Jews have been occupying politicians' offices um, all over Canada, and you know. So, and also, um, there was a big action by New York Jews mm-hmm. in the centre of New York um, over the over the genocide that's happening before the world's eyes in Gaza. Um, people are desperate to try and stop their government supporting another genocide. And mm. I'd like to actually extend what was said there a little bit on the topic of anti-Semitism. It's actually a bit worse than simply erasing these people. There's an attempt to conflate Judaism with Zionism, which, in my opinion, is perhaps one of the most anti-Semitic things you could uh, possibly do. And it seems to me as well this is all tied in with trying to create the impression that this is some kind of religious war and obviate from the fact that what's happening uh in Israel is that it's a settler colonial project tied to capitalism and the acquisition of land by force. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to go to a song before our first interview with Palestinian activist uh, Shamik Badra, who is actually from Gaza and his family is still in Gaza. Um, The song is called Tear Down the Settlements and Sentence Their Leaders. It's sung in Hebrew, but it's from the new... Um, Hebrew language album by Israeli Jewish punks uh, called Jarada and thank you to Matt Ward for suggesting this song this song is about Israeli Jews who support the Palestinians despite what the right wing media tells us and the lyrics in case you know I'm not able to uh, you know understand them it, it the lyrics say there's only one thing to tear down the settlements. A real solution has to be removing intruders from foreign territories. How did um, and to, um, yeah anyway yeah um, simply leave them there, lock up the borders, and a true coexistence between a settler and an Arab, um, because in the end the capitalist always triumphs over 
the the um, Mesonic. So enjoy this song. It's a it's a short one. Yes. <laughs> Solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza, it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm, State Library, this Sunday. Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR and we are now joined by Palestinian activist Dr. Shamik Badra from Gaza who has family and friends living there. Shamik joins us this morning from Gadi in uh, Sydney. Welcome to the show Shamik. Thank you, thank you. Well, um, and yeah, well, um, and also, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for joining us at a time that is, you know, um, very stressful and also um, sad for a lot of Palestinians. So we do appreciate you giving us your time this morning. Uh, Shamit, can you tell us about the situation in Gaza? I mean, we've seen the news, but would you be able to tell listeners? the scale of the destruction that Israel has caused to the people and the place? Yeah, first of all, thank you for having me, and I'd like to thank uh, Green Lift Radio for this interview. And um, I'd, I'd like to update the latest news that now more than or nearly 10,000 Palestinians have been killed, 70% of them from women and children. And um, as you know, 24 hours Israeli occupation is bombing Gaza. And uh, I couldn't I couldn't sleep just all that night, like trying to watching the news because they are bombing close to my family, uh, I couldn't call them for more than 10 days. I don't know anything about them. 
all what I know that my the family house is partially destroyed. And um, now I am worried too much about them. No safe place in Gaza. And uh, even if they are safe, they don't have enough water or clean water. They drink polluted water. No enough food. Even I don't know if they have food. And uh, because of no electricity, no internet, I am not in contact with them. And what we are seeing in the news, the, that show like one angle of the fact on the ground, because we can't know all the details, especially uh, when the media trying to make media coverage there, they can't account everything because we have thousands under the rubble, under the destruction. And we are worried about, as a Palestinians, about the diseases in Gaza because of the dead bodies under the destruction and uh, from the polluted water. And this will be so dangerous. And, uh, and and at the same time, Palestinians in Gaza is still resisting the occupation, despite all the destruction, despite all the occupation and colonialism crimes. And the situation is so terrible and dangerous. And this crime against humanity, it's genocide. Because they wanted to eliminate Palestinians. They want to repeat a new Nakba. It is ethnic cleansing because they push them. They are killing Palestinians in this way in order to push them to leave Gaza and to go to Sinai. Which means the same tragedy the same Nakba in 1948, which is so terrible, and the world just watching how the children and civilians are killing every day, every minute. Thank you, Shamik. I mean, um, the levels of violence and deprivation um, being perpetrated against Palestinian people right now is clearly so very difficult to speak about. So... We really appreciate that. Um, I just want to ask you quickly a bit about the bias that we're seeing right now in the Western media. So the right-wing media, the Western liberal uh, democracy, wants to condemn Palestinians for the actions of Hamas. You know, they do this while they assert Israel's right to defend themselves, and they deny the right of Palestinians to defend themselves and resist. Why do you think it's important for us to support Palestinians in their right to defend themselves from this occupation? Yeah, we know as Palestinians that uh, Western countries supporting Israel and its media support Israel. But we couldn't imagine in this war to be in this uh, in this position. It was surprised for us because. They, even they didn't 
intervene to stop killing civilians. And uh, we are not talking about anything except stopping the genocide against civilians. No safe place in Gaza. And even uh, the media is trying not to hold the responsibility of the of killing victims and civilians in Gaza. And uh, they are not only biased, and uh, they're trying to change the fact on the ground. And um, another problem, when they're trying to say Israel has the right to defend itself, uh, my question, what is, what is the meaning of defending of itself? They accepting killing children and women, cutting the fuel, the water, the medicine. And even the Western country didn't accept humanitarian ceasefire, which means that give the green light to Israel to commit this genocide. And uh, they are talking... 24 hours about the values, about democracy, about human rights. So big, like, uh, big differences between the theory and practice. It's, it's kind of hypocrisy. When they said, Ukraine have the right to resist Russian invasion, they didn't give the same right to Palestinians. And they didn't want Palestinians to resist or to defend themselves. This is hypocrisy and complicity with the occupation. And I want to confirm here that Palestinians have the right to resist in all means. And they have resist according to international law and respect human rights. Yes, but at the same time, I want to confirm in during this escalation, you can't take control of the reaction of Palestinians. So violence will create violence. And uh, what do you think after killing all these people and imposing a blockade for more 16 years? And killing the people, 24 hours are killing the people. What do you think this will create? I will lead. The violence will not be just in Palestine. The violence will be in the Middle East and in the world. Israel is responsible about the war around the world so, and the violence. Because in Palestine, not only in Palestine, everywhere, because we have a lot of people supporting Palestine. We have people around the world don't accept Israeli occupation. And the main reason of this violence is uh, occupation. And occupy Palestinian territories for more than 72, 73 years. And the main solution and people all the time are talking about solution. The solution Israel should respect international law and end its occupation 
according to United Nations resolution. This is the solution. Without Israel ending its occupation, no way to, to achieve peace. Because the media trying to talking about that Israel wants peace, but Palestinians don't want. How we can achieve peace with occupation? Shemek, it's Sue Bolton here. Um, thanks for the interview. Um, I wanted to ask you another question because it seems to me that when Israel says we're going to crush Hamas, they actually mean crush the Palestinians. And I think the Western media and the governments around the world and Israel, um, it's handy to have Hamas there because they've built Hamas up as this scary terrorist organisation to give themselves an excuse to carry out genocide against the Palestinians. Mm -hmm. And actually, they don't want new elections. They don't want any government other than Hamas because it's um, almost like when ISIS existed, the Western governments actually liked that because that was a way of escalating Islamophobia and so forth. And it seems to me um, that when Israel talks about Hamas, meaning Palestinians, it's like in Australia when governments have said we need to attack people smugglers and by people smugglers that actually mean refugees. Um, So I I noticed that um, when they try and, uh, like Joe Biden and Israel um, claim there aren't that many Palestinians being killed in Gaza. They then say the uh, Hamas-controlled health ministry. Well, actually, um, Hamas is actually the governing party. They were elected, even though I know... um, you, you know, you're a communist, so you do, you've got different politics to Hamas, like we do as well. But it actually is the government. Um, and they, and really, you'd say the health ministry would simply be public servants who announce health figures and health issues, um, but they're trying to call everything Hamas to discredit the governing structures in Gaza. I was wondering if you'd like to comment on all of that. Yeah, thank you for this important question. Because they wanted to find excuse to kill the Palestinians. I want to say first, Hamas, uh, Israel failed to achieve any of its goals. They said we want to end Hamas control on Gaza. They failed. They said we want to stop resistance. Failed. They wanted to push people to leave Gaza also failed. Yes, they killed, uh, they are killing civilians. That, this is the truth. This is the truth. According to your question, that they are saying that Israel is fighting Hamas. Okay. That's, that's like easy to refute. Let's talk about the fact. I didn't hear in the news that they are killing a lot of people or a lot of fighters from Hamas. And they are just bombing hospitals and mosques, safe houses, and the uh, United Nations school for and they like a lot of refugees there in the United Nations school, and they are bombing to 
why I, I don't know how the media trying to say they are fighting Hamas when they killed all these civilians. It's not to do what Israeli claim. Israel wanted people to leave Gaza. Israel wanted to to go for a new ethnic cleansing. And they said that. And if you remember the one of the ministers, he said the people in Gaza are animals. What does that mean? Racist? Racist uh, statement? And then he ordered to cut the fuel and electricity and medicine and all these important things for people to be alive. And also prevented uh, the Egypt to support Palestine by medicine and food. Not in Egypt and all the countries who donated food and and uh, medicine. So the question, where is Hamas when I am talking about this fact? About Hamas, according to the Palestinians, Hamas is liberation movement. Hamas is not ISIS. And big difference between ISIS and Hamas. ISIS was, according to many reports, were supported by colonialism. And it's not, and they are not represented the Islamic uh, people. And a lot of Islamic people said these ISIS are not representative of Islam. And, and if you... But, sorry, interrupt you. <laughs> uh, yeah, keep, keep going, um, Shamik. Sorry, I just interrupted yeah, you. Yeah, no, that's fine. And Hamas said, after 7th of October, we don't kill civilians. And they provide some videos how they are treating civilians. This is what we see. All the world, they saw how they are treating children and civilians. And then later, later they discovered the word, the videos, which were in the media that Hamas is killing children and killing women are fake. I don't know if you remember that. That wasn't well publicized in the media. Yeah, they publicized a lot Mm. of fake videos. Mm. And uh, Biden said they killed uh, children. And later, one of his team said, yes, we discovered are not uh, correct. Mm. But as I said, this excuse, when they invaded Palestine in 1948, there was no Hamas. Okay? When they invaded Lebanon in 1982, there is no Hamas. They were saying PLO. Mm-hmm. And now they are trying to find excuse for another Nakba because of Hamas. And they are saying we want to end Hamas existence in Gaza. But, in fact, they push people to leave Gaza and killing people. And and we don't find any evidence about what they claim. And uh, Hamas is not like uh, a small group to say, I want to fight Hamas. Hamas is a part of the Palestinian uh, people. Hamas was founded to fight against colonialism. 
this what Hamas said. I am not talking, I am not representative of Hamas to speak, but I am reading and knowing what they are talking. I am in Palestine, I am from Palestinian People Party. We have differences with Hamas, but that doesn't mean we accept what the media is trying to describe Hamas or to consider Hamas as a terrorist group, which is not correct. Hamas is not a terrorist group. Hamas fighting to achieve liberation. And if there is no Hamas, uh, sorry, if there is no occupation, there will not be Hamas. Because Hamas was founded in order to uh, to fight against this occupation. So the main problem is colonialism, occupation, and this is the main problem. And uh, if the problem about Hamas, only Hamas, why, why they are killing the people? This is the question. Why are they committing genocide? Why cut electricity and medicine and food and water? from the population. No excuses for these massacres and genocide. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is this question is connected about the right of defense mm-hmm. of Palestinians mm-hmm. to defend themselves. Yeah, thanks Shamik. Um, yeah. so Jordan Masud here. Um, you recently spoke out against the response of the ALP government on Palestine at a Green Left public meeting in Gadi, Sydney. At this meeting, you said that the Palestinian and Middle Eastern community in Australia feel betrayed by the um, Anthony Albanese Labor government. And as someone with a Lebanese background, I, you know, that kind of resonates for me. Can you talk a bit about how the ALP has let down the Palestinian people in Australia? Yes. You remember when uh, the Labour Party was talking that the uh, next uh, government will recognize of the state of Palestine. And a lot of people from Arab Islamic community supported this party because they wanted to support or recognize the state of Palestine according to United Nations resolution. And they accepting two-state solution, what they are talking. And uh, we were, as the Palestinians, Arabs, and all supporters of Palestine, thought this party will support justice, support United Nations resolution to solve the problem or the Palestinian issue. And we were surprised about the position of this government regarding the situation in Palestine. And we feel that we were cheated because at least if they don't support two uh, state solution, if they don't support human rights, if they, don't, they should not support the genocide. This is our problem. And they are saying we want to support Israel. And support Israel means that they are accepting what Israel is doing in Gaza. And 
but what is do what Israel doing in Gaza is violated of human rights, is violated of the values and democracy and uh, all the Australian values. How Australia can accept what Israel is doing? And uh, this is the revision of United Nations the resolution about protection of civilians. And Australia and United Nations didn't support uh, the uh, humanitarian uh, ceasefire or truce. This contradiction. Because, and this contradiction between its position in Ukraine and, have, and the Ukrainian people have the right to resist uh, the Russia, but at the same time, they didn't support the right of defense of defense of Palestinians or resistance to Palestinians. So these contradictions and bias, and we want Australia not supporting genocide or violation of human rights. If they don't want to support Palestinians, at least don't support the tragedy, uh, the Israeli genocide in Gaza. Thank you. Shamik, um, and for those just tuning in, you've been listening to Palestinian activist Dr. Shamik Badra, who is from Gaza, uh, from Gaza but speaking to us from Gadi in Sydney. Um, and uh, we we are running out of time, Shamik. Unfortunately, we did have more to ask you and and discuss, um, particularly about global solidarity. There are you know masses of people marching on the streets right now um, to support the people of Palestine but we do need to wrap up so thank you so much for joining us here on Green Left Radio on 3CR Thank you so much and have a good day and we appreciate supporting the humanity and uh, and uh, and supporting the people who are fighting for freedom Thanks Shamik Thank you Thanks Shamik Bye. And we're just going to go to a quick break, and you'll uh, be and you'll come. <laughs> sorry, uh, stay tuned for more Green Left Radio on Three CR. Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza, it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war, stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm, State Library, this Sunday... Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. And before we go to our next interview with Nathan Bell, I'm going to play a quick song. Uh, The song is called From Gaza with Love and it's by Palestinian musician Saint Levant who grew up playing soccer in refugee camps. Enjoy. 
listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR and you were just hearing a song by Palestinian musician Saint Levant and it was called From Gaza with Love. And this morning on the phone from Mullabinma, Newcastle, I'm very glad that we've got Nathan Bell on the phone. Nathan is a writer, musician, artist, and is the author of Kings of the New Age, The Quest of the Balancing Stones. Welcome, Nathan. How you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Um, so, uh, can you give us a brief overview of the story in Kings of the New Age? Uh, well, in Kings of the New Age, The Quest of the Balancing Stones, um, an atomic war has happened in the Northern Hemisphere. After the war, global governments have collapsed under the pressures of economic collapse uh, and the devastation from the war. The Australian government has also folded and collapsed, and in the absence of government, a, a gang of criminals has taken over Newcastle uh, and enslaved the city and are forcing the city to do labour to fortify Newcastle to build their new empire. So the community comes together and we fight a rebellion against the gang. We defeat the gang and then we hold an election to bring back, uh, I suppose, the status quo of democracy. Um, and um, at the same time as that is happening, three heroes go on an adventure across the wasteland, across Australia, to use magic to heal the world from radiation poisoning. Yeah, nice. Um, it's a pretty... Uh it's a pretty riveting read. In the story, there's a, um, as you sort of mentioned, there's a people's revolution against the blacky dictatorship to sort of restore democracy. It's um, quite a compelling and believable story, I found, and very Newcastle. Um, alongside this, there's the plot thread uh, out in the wastelands that explores some more New Age ideas about astral travelling and prophecy and fantasy. Uh, so part of the book is very materialist and anchored in kind of reality and sort of analysis of power play and stuff like that. But part of the, the book does go off into the mystical. Can you comment on that dynamic? Uh, was this kind of shifting between the material world and the fantasy world a deliberate sort of strategic choice about how, how you were going to run that story? Or did you just find, find the, the book kind of writing itself and just coming out onto the page like that? Oh, no, it was all very planned out. I planned it out meticulously. I want, I, I mostly these days read factual information, news and current affairs, um, and watch documentaries. I don't watch a lot of entertainment content myself uh, for the last few years, cause I, and I want any writing I do to be influenced by the realistic 
expectations of how things work. I want my books to be realistic. So I wanted to talk about conquest and dominance and 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 and, and regimes that claim ownership over people. Uh, and I wanted to talk about politics in a realistic way because I've always been very invested in understanding politics. So when I explored the criminal regime that has taken over the city, uh, that was my way of exploring fascism and dominance and, and people who do those sorts of things to other human beings, which has always disturbed me. With regards to the astral projection stuff and the mystical stuff, look, I'm really open-minded to think that some of those things might actually exist. I know a lot of people don't think that, but I'm pretty open-minded to think that some of those things might actually be valid. I've done a lot of research um, into ESP experiments that have been conducted around the world, and if you look into it, there are um, some credible ESP experiments. So it's open question whether anything like ESP or astral projection or any of that mystical stuff is actually valid. Um, I like to keep an open mind. I can be a pretty spiritual guy. Um, but I do think we should explore ideas like ESP phenomenon and astral projection and the mystical. We should explore it with the scientific mind um, to try and derive whether any of it is actually real. So it's definitely intentional. You know, I wanted to explore that sort of magic um, and that sort of mysticism. Um, so I definitely did it on purpose. Yeah, nice. But you wouldn't really necessarily see it as counterposed to the more sort of hard-nosed um, analysis and materialist parts of the book. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we've got to look at the world realistically and and, I, and, and the realistic nature of politics is it's, 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 it's very grounded in um, what we need and it's very practical uh, and very materialist. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I, I don't see the two as opposed either. I think, think the more materialist you can coexist with spiritual ideas as well. Um, even if you, some, sometimes I think it's a bit fanciful to believe in divine forces and, and, and prophecy and things like this, but I can indulge those things. Hmm. Now, um, I understand that you're investigating the possibility of having Kings of the New Age turned into a screenplay. Uh, which, for for readers who have not yet read the book, at times it sort of evokes. I mean, at one point, it evokes like epic chase scenes, like out of Blues Brothers or something. At, at times, it evokes kind of some of that Mad Max, crazy car wars, and like uh, that post-apocalyptic, like just crazy action scenes um, out in the in the wastelands. At other times, it reminded me a bit of, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where they're all kind of standing around the fire and hearing from Shredder or the Karate Kid or Dark Crystal. Uh, it's it's very much its own entity, though. It's not like it's just a crude mashup of those precedents. Um, certainly, though, I, I, suffice to say, I think it would be very well-suited to be turned in, into a movie or a streaming series. Um, yeah, can you just tell us a bit, like... Well, yeah, well, how, how have you been going down that path of trying to look at getting it turned into a movie? And what would that involve? Like, how do you turn a book into a series or a screenplay? Yeah, well, 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 one thing I'll say is definitely, you know, I was definitely influenced by, like, 80s-era action movies because I grew up watching all the Sylvester Lane movies and Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, and I wanted the characters to be a bit like those uh, like those characters from those stories, a bit over over realist, over uh, exaggerated um, masculinity and stuff. It's just ridiculous. 
but I grew up on all those movies, so I definitely wrote it to feel like an 80s action movie intentionally. Um, and I was thinking of some of those actors when I was writing the scenes in some of those movies that I had seen over the years, so I'm not surprised you say that. Uh, after having read it, it means I've hit the nail on the head with what I was trying to do. Um, definitely about um, about turning it into a screenplay. The way I, the way I see it happening is I'm just trying to popularise the book as a way of getting to that goal. So I've sold 520 copies now around Newcastle, and the way uh, I the way I hope it will play out is that I, I will get enough copies out there that it will fall into the hands of someone who knows someone at a studio and who likes it, because I see that I would probably just sell rights to the studio, whether it's Netflix or Stan or whatever, um, and that they would take it from there. Uh, and hopefully I would work as an advisor and they would have me on in some context as an advisor so that I could have some input. But I think the way a lot of these deals work is you, you, the author just sells their rights and then the studio does what they want. Um, I would hope they would have me on as an advisor. Uh, but I'd really just be satisfied... To be able to, I really want to sit and watch it personally. I want to see it become uh, a live-action production just so I can enjoy it for my own personal satisfaction. So I'd be satisfied just to sell the book. Uh, and I've got to write two more, I should point out, really, before we can make a series. Um, but I'd be satisfied just to sell the book to a studio and allow them to take it from there. So I'm just trying to popularise the book and hopefully word will get out and someone will take an interest and come to me. Yeah, nice. Uh, now, part of your book, it is, of course, set in a post-apocalyptic um, uh, world. So it, 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 part of it deals with people who had visions of nuclear war and were mocked for this, but eventually the nuclear war did, in fact, take place. And so those who have been warning of it were vindicated or proved right, uh, probably since about the 1950s, generations of people, or, or since the end of World War Two, people have had to live with this threat of nuclear war, which is really disturbing. Can you talk a bit about the psychological impact of that looming threat? And uh, I feel like your book partly explores that, that fear, which, like, let's face it, it's a well-founded fear and something that people should be quite scared of. Yeah, well, definitely the, the book is a statement about about the threat of nuclear war. That's very intentional. I've found other, my artwork's very influenced by the threat of nuclear war. I have a music video from my old band, Hadron C, which is called Apocalyptic Nightmare, where a man flees the city uh, because there's going to be a nuclear war. And then you can buy my design, Say No to Nuclear Weapons, on Redbubble. My art's always been very influenced by nuclear war. Don't ask me why. I'm not sure why I'm fixated on nuclear war. I think it's because I think it's a very real threat. Because my view probably is, um, in my book, it's a bit fanciful. I pretend that the fallout doesn't reach Australia and that we're able to continue here and that people don't die. But in reality, my view is probably if there was a large-scale nuclear war, I'd say probably all life on the planet would die within 50 years. So it is... One of the biggest threats to our species is the existence of nuclear weapons. Um, and as long as they exist, that is a continuing threat. Uh, I think a lot of people don't know how to think about it. I don't think it's not that they don't know want to, don't want to think about it. I don't think they even know where to begin thinking about it. But I've spent a great deal of time considering nuclear war uh, and, and how, how that would destroy the Earth. Um, so I definitely wanted to make a statement about that threat. Um, and I think it's a scary thing, and I think people aren't ready to, to deal with considering 
Um, that some people are, and some people are very aware of it. I'm certainly very aware of it. Um, but I will just say, yeah, a lot of my art is definitely a statement against the threat of nuclear war. For some reason, I've always been very fixated on nuclear war, and I definitely think it is one of the biggest threats to our civil, our species, uh, is the existence of nuclear weapons. Yeah, nice. Uh, and you're also a musician, and you've been working with Ezekiel Ox, who uh, a lot of 3CR listeners would know, at Reliability Studios in up in Mullabinba, Newcastle. Um, we do have to wrap up soon, but can you just briefly tell us a bit about uh, Reliability and what it's been like working with Zeke and other musos there? Yeah, well, look, I definitely believe in services that support people to achieve their goals. And not just for the disability community. No, you know, in my perfect Australia, um, we, we, we would be taxing billionaires a bit more and everyone would have access to these sorts of services, you know, for free. It would be, you know, art services in the community. You know, we should have more of this sort of stuff and support services that help people achieve their goals. Uh, so Reliability is just a fantastic service. They're helping me establish my creative business. Um, they're helping, you know, they help me learn skills in Photoshop and media production and editing and animation and all the things that I, I want to do for a living because um, I really want to be in film and creativity as a, as, as a career. Uh, and they're supporting me with all of that. And I definitely want to see more services like that for more people in this country because why can't the government provide people with good services that help people enhance their lives? Um, so, And working with Ezekiel Ox is great. Uh, I've been working with... Ezekiel Oxford, a bit over a year now, and we've already started producing some fantastic music together. He's obviously very talented, uh, and he brings a lot of expertise to everything we do, given his uh, history of uh, working in the, professionally in the music industry. And all of Reliability staff have excellent qualifications in the creative industry, so it's absolutely the perfect service for me. You know, they came to me when I was in the psych board, many years ago, about six years ago, and they said, oh, you, you know, we want to put you on NDIS uh, and you can access this service. We recommend this service. And I didn't know at the time how good it was going to be, but I've spent years of reliability now mastering my skills and producing music. And I'm just, because of their support and access to their equipment, I'm able to bring out so much entertaining and quality and controversial content, and they're facilitating me to develop my craft and to hone my skills. Like, we need more stuff like this, more more community services for more of the community to to help people achieve their goals, you know? Yeah, brilliant. All right, um, so we might chuck on uh, Renegades in a sec, but just before we do, can, uh, can you let listeners know how they can get a copy of your book? Now, listeners can get a copy of my book on Amazon. I want to quickly point out there's one technical issue. There's an old version of the book which I can't get rid of. Don't buy that. Only buy the version of the book with the magician man holding the wooden staff on the front cover. Standing. That's, that, that is the current version of the book. And if anyone wants to contact me on my Nathan Bellardis Facebook page or my profile and request the link, I'm happy to send people the link to buy the book. Um, and, and also, if you're in Newcastle... You can come and see me on the street where I sell the book and you can buy it off me in person as well. It's $25 when you buy it off me. So, um, But you buy on Amazon. But as I said, only buy the version of the book with the magician man with the staff on the front. That's the current version. Word. All right. Well, um, yeah, we'll uh, chuck on uh, Renegades. Uh, and thanks heaps for um, speaking with us, Nathan. Yeah, well, it was great to come on, guys. Thanks for having me on.
Take it easy. See ya. Thanks, Nathan. And we'll put a link to um, buy Nathan's book on the 3CR website as well. And so you're going to be hearing his song, Renegade Hadron C, featuring Ezekiel Ox. The first and second verse was written and performed by Nathan Bell. So you're listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. back listening to Green Left Radio here on 3CR. You were just listening to Renegade Hadron C by uh, Nathan Bell, who we were just speaking to on air. So yeah, Hadron C is, is Nathan Bell's kind of alter ego, his musical alter ego. Yeah. Uh, and before we go into our activist calendar and our last interview for the show, we're just hoping to chat with Sue Bolton, who's a Socialist Alliance Marybeck councillor, because there's a few things we wanted to talk to you about. Firstly, uh, you've called a rally, a Marybeck action, um, on Wednesday, on Wednesday about uh, it's in support of Palestine, and also want to talk about a motion um, you're trying to get passed in council about the destruction of of the public housing towers. So just to, t- to tell us about those two things, Sue? Well, firstly, on the Palestine motion. So I've got a motion going to the Meribeth Council meeting um, about Palestine, and I have attempted to move motions around Palestine before when Gaza has been bombarded, but I've never got anywhere with mm. those motions in the past. But I actually think now there's so much horror about what's happening to Palestinians in Gaza that I think there is a chance that the motion will win. And the motion will talk about a range of things, but the most significant things is that um, for Meribeth Council to call for an immediate lifting of the siege for unlimited food, water, fuel, electricity, construction materials and other necessities of life to be allowed into Gaza, unlimited should be, Um, but also um, for an immediate ceasefire, a long-lasting ceasefire, um, to raise the Palestinian flag like the Canterbury-Bankstown Council has done in Sydney, um, and that's the area, that's where I used to live a long time ago um, in Lakemba, and also to cancel contracts that council might have with any Israeli companies that deal with the Israeli military. Um, And, you know, I um, have become aware since um, submitting the motion that uh, the council uses an Israeli company um, as a platform, um, online platform for um, managers to distribute work to workers in the council. And there is the community has also called a rally out out the front of Meribeth Council, out the front of Kobe Town Hall, at five thirty p.m. on uh, Wednesday next week, the eighth of November, 
people are welcome to come along if you'd like to indicate that you want more institutions like councils and and unions and governments and you know political representatives to stand up and be counted um, to try and stop this genocide that's happening before the world's eyes. Yeah, um, definitely. So, so the Marybeck is coming together to express this community solidarity with Palestine. The violence must stop. So support this action at your local council. Uh, gather at Bell Street and the, the Bell Street entrance of Coburg Town Hall. That's 90 Bell Street, Coburg. So we hope to see you there. Um, so that date again is Wednesday, November 8th at 6 p.m., and was there the so other thing I wanted to talk about is that the last council meeting um, I haven't really publicised this very much because we've been very much involved in Palestine solidarity, the big central rallies, but also actions in Meribeth Council. We organised a thousand strong um, pro-Palestine rally mm-hmm. to stop the bombing in Gaza and lift the siege a couple of Thursdays ago, and then last Saturday we organised a protest out the front of the local Labor MP's office, um, calling on him to break with Albanese, Wong and Miles and come out to call for the lifting of the siege and the ceasefire. Um, But the other important motion which I managed to get through, or there were two motions, one by me and one by another councillor, James Conlon in Meribet Council, um, condemning um, for Meribet Council to condemn the abolition, the attempts by the Labor state government in Victoria to demolish all 44 public housing towers across the, across Melbourne and um, condemning this as being something which is going to exacerbate the housing crisis and is a death knell for public housing if they get to implement their plans. And instead, there's something else which can be done. Um, In France, um, there is a group where the government attempted to demolish the public housing towers in Paris. Um, There was a campaign which stopped the government and some French architects have convinced the government to let them refurbish the units. And so they, these are towers like our towers where they turn dark and dingy units into sunlight-filled units and put balconies on the outside so that people only had to move out while their unit was being refurbished. They weren't forcibly relocated in a, on a mass level like what the government is proposing to do to all the tenants in the towers here. And there is research which has been done that forced relocations like this, uh, like the government's con- planning to do, actually takes years off people's lives because mm. people lose all the social connections. And I know people, I'm aware of people in the Sudanese community who were um, relocated from Flemington either during the COVID lockdowns or afterwards, and they've ended up in a suburb where there's no bulk billing doctors. So they've lost access to the community health centres that they, which offered free um, GPs. Um, you know, they've lost access to a lot, and there's no one around them who speaks the same language. So... Um, 
it, they've lost a lot of social connections. So this is an important campaign and we'll talk about this more um, the next um, Green Left Radio. Yeah, thanks, Sue, for those updates. And there's an article that I want to refer listeners to in Green Left. It's called In Vienna, Secure Affordable Housing is Not a Utopian Dream. It's by John Tully. It's a really well-researched piece, and it really shows that it can be done. Um, we, you know, we can all afford. We can um, fight for affordable housing that is safe and um, uh, and also, you know, good to live in as well. Um, we're going to go to a quick break. Unfortunately, we've run out of time for the activist calendar, um, but we will try to highlight a few events at the end of our program. But um, stay tuned for Hellchild, a comedian. We're going to be talking to um, them about the upcoming comedy debate. So uh, you are listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. Rising Tide invites you to join the People's Blockade of the world's largest coal port from November 24 to 27 at Mullabimba, Newcastle. 1% of global emissions are from coal shipped through the port. We are in a climate crisis. It can't continue. Thousands of people will gather to demand no new coal and an end to coal exports by 2030 and alternative secure jobs for coal workers. Get on the water or chill out on the beach with live music and more. Register your interest at risingtide.org.au forward slash blockade and we'll get in touch with you. Rising Tide is a 3CR supporter. Australia's energy market is broken. Right, but Co-Power gives you better energy? Nope, no retailer can control where the electrons they buy off the grid come from. But as a Co-Power member, you can vote on where 100% of revenue goes. So instead of corporate profit, your energy bill builds the world you want to be a part of. That's cool. Learn more about the solidarity economy and Co-Power today and take the power back. Victorian energy fact sheets and basic plan information documents are available at cooperativepower.org.au. For clear advice on the right plan for you, contact us on 03 9068 6036. A 3CR supporter. You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. And we are now joined by Hellchild, who is a brilliant character comedian, impersonator and comic poet who does wicked political satire. Welcome to the show, Hellchild. Hello, thank you. And Hellchild, or should I say Clive Parmigiana, will be one of six comedians to participate in the upcoming annual Green Left Comedy Debate Night. And the title is We Should Welcome Our New AI Overlords. It's going to be next Friday, November 10th at the Fitzroy Town Hall. Um, so, Hellchild, we, 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 we wanted to have you on the show to just um, give listeners um, you know, a bit of a rundown on what the comedy de- debate night involves. Um, you know, tell us about some of the wonderful performers that are going to be there. And the debate okay. topic. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we've got six, uh, well, seven great comedians. Um, of course, there's our MC, Tom Ballard, who is a very talented queer comedian um, and he's done radio He's had a TV show, uh, Tom Ballard, uh, Tonight with Tom Ballard. Um, he was, I even saw him recently in a, in a great uh, whodunit series set in Tasmania called Deadlock. Uh, he was starring in that. Uh, he's 
yeah, he's done a lot of stuff, and so he's he's very good. It'd be exciting to watch. Um, we've got six other comedians who are all uh, some of Australia's best satirical comedians, and um, they're also also from you know marginalised backgrounds in some way too, which is uh, you know they've they've not had the doors open for them as much as other comedians, and in fact they've had to kick them open, and so. You know, their weapon of choice is, and myself as well, is comedy. You know, that's our weapon of choice, and um, we use that to fight prejudice. So uh, I guess we're all lefties. Um, uh, let's see, there's, there's Shirley Hood, who is uh, Aboriginal, and she's been going strong a long time. She started out in Western Australia, and she started out the same time as me over there. And uh, she, she won the... Um, the uh, what do you call the, the deadly awards the the deadly funny awards. Mm, mm. Um, she had to move to to Melbourne back to Melbourne because it was really hard you know hard going for anybody who was female and especially black or gay it was very difficult over in WA so she's done really well um, she does a, a she's just very very funny very gutsy um, absolutely fearless comedian. Um, then you've got uh, Jack Brady. Jack's uh, queer non-binary um, and transitioning. And uh, Jack's from Mount Isa. Uh, sorry, Alice Springs. Um, I get the two mixed up. Uh, yeah, she's from Alice Springs. Uh, they are from Alice Springs. Uh, and um, an excellent comedian. Very witty, very intelligent comedy. Um and, and, and also uh, differently abled as well. And then you've got Fiona Scott-Norman. She's done a lot of work on radio. And I'm just having a look here. Yeah, she's, she's been a, a comedian doing stand-up, doing all sorts of things, and she's a writer as well. She's published books. There's Sean Bedlam too. Sean Bedlam is an anarchist. He's really gutsy. Um, he also suffers from autism. And, um, you know, he's, he gets right out there in the thick of things, um, you know, at, at rallies, everywhere. He's, and he does the comedy rooms too. So there's also Nikki Barry. Nikki's just one of the funniest people I've ever met. She's, um, I've seen she, her you perform. Can, she can just look <laughs> at you and she, she makes you laugh. Yeah. So she's been going strong quite a while. She does a lot of the festivals. They all do. They all do the local festivals and interstate festivals. Um, and who else we got? Clive Parmigiana. Oh, <laughs> then there's me. Yes, is Clive. He, is he able to come on the line, Telechild? Uh, oh, is he well, I could, I, could, I could try. I'll, <laughs> I'll just, first of all, I'll just tell you a bit about Clive. Uh, Clive is a billionaire natural gas giant. Um He's expanding his enormous career uh, from into coal, from nickel into coal and into uh, natural gas and fracking. So he's, he's, he's full of hot air. And uh, I'll just see if I can, I can wake him up now. I think he's... Ooh. Put him on the line. Uh, Clive Parmigiana. Wake up, Clive. Come on. Oh, oh. oh hello. Oh. oh, hi, hi, Clive. You're, uh, yeah, yeah. Hellchild's just 
woken you. Sorry about that, but yeah, we just wanted to talk to you about the comedy debate. We you're gonna you're gonna be performing. Oh, I think, oh, I think so. Yes. Well, we're uh, looking forward to hearing from you. Oh yeah, look, AI, AI has done wonders for me. You know, uh, everything's got better. My, my personal life, everything with the AI. So uh, yeah, oh, I just I'm so excited. I'm just full of beans. You know. Oh, Clive, that was awful. Clive, that, oh, that smell. I'm very sorry. I'll, I, I'll put him on the line again. Hey, hell child. He's gone back He's to gone. sleep. I'm sorry. Hey, hell child. Do you want to explain a little bit about the debate topic and how a comedy debate works? Ah, well, you have, um, you've got two teams with three people in either one and you've got captains on each team who What's do a the summary topic? at the end. And the topic... Well, the topic is, um, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, it's too early in the morning. Uh, <laughs> it's we it's, should uh, welcome. It's, it's should, yeah, should we welcome our AI overlords? And um, you, can, you can add a lot of things into that. You know, uh, you, can, you can throw in any other political topic because AI sort of can, you know, apply to so many aspects of society. Uh, so that there'll be a negative team and there'll be a positive team. Um, the negative team has uh, Shirley Hood, Sean Bedlam and uh, Jack Brady. And the positive team has Clive and Fiona Scott Norman and... God, who's the other one? Nikki Barry. Nikki Barry, yes. So that, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be on Nikki Barry's team. Awesome. Uh, well, Hellchild. He's on my team. <laughs> Hellchild, Jordan here. Um, so at the moment, um, obviously, we're all sort of commiserating and in solidarity with some pretty somber events around the world right now. Can you tell us why it's important that people come along and support this comedy fundraising event? Um, well, give them a laugh. I mean, uh, we all could use a bit of a laugh right now. It's not easy to laugh in times like this, but um, I think humour is a very powerful weapon too, and it empowers us. When we can laugh at the enemy, mm. it, um, it does make us feel stronger. So I think that's a good reason to come and see our show. Uh, the show, because the topic is so versatile, it will include other political topics that are current at the moment in it. So... Just offhand, I'm half asleep. Um, that's what I reckon is uh, a good reason yeah. to come and see it. And the fact that they're all very talented artists and uh, they don't get, some of them just don't get the exposure of other artists because they're from marginalised groups. So support them. Um, Comedy is a weapon that needs to be used more and uh, it, it'll, it'll make you feel a lot better, I think, to come and... and have a laugh and a cry and, you know, and, and socialise. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, thanks, Helen. Um, and also, it is a, a fundraiser oh, for... a fundraiser. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> and the Green Left. Yeah, because <laughs> Green Left is also a weapon in, in the struggle. And, yeah. yeah, we encourage people to, to please come and show your support. Organisations like Green Left um, and, uh, you know, something like 3CR, we do need funding to 
to keep going. We tell mm. the truth about Palestine, about the refugee cli- crisis, about the climate crisis, the housing crisis. So um, we encourage people to come along. You can book your tickets at the Tribe Booking website that you can find by visiting greenleft.org.au. Um, when you go to the website, you'll just see the comedy debate on the front page. Just click on it and follow the links to book tickets. It's next Friday, November 10th at Fitzroy Town Hall. Uh, the doors open at 6.30 p.m. and the show kicks off at 8. Thank you so much and for joining us. And there'll also be a meal. So oh, yes. people people don't feel that you need to go out for dinner beforehand or, or eat at home beforehand. Um, we'll have um, there'll be f- uh, a meal available so that people can make a night of it, and definitely we encourage people. People can come just by themselves, or else it's great to grab a group of mates and have uh, make a night of it. Yeah, um, there'll be drinks as well, and food we'll, and drink. We'll also be selling nangs to raise a bit of sort of cash. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, not really. And, and the you, topic... you don't have to bring your own names. Come talk to Zane. Come talk to Zane. If you want to drink alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, come along. We'll all be there. Um, tell your friends. Book a table. If you can't make it, you could even still support the event um, by sharing it with others and also buying a ticket um, just to support it. But um, And even this the topic, uh, we should welcome our new AI overlords. This is actually a problem that a lot of artists are facing right now there were massive um you know there was a huge strike in hollywood people would have heard about that um with mm. ai taking over their jobs so it's something that a lot of artists can relate to right now they're still not very good at comedy yet though no they're not <laughs> I, I don't think they are when they're trying to do comedy mm-hmm. but when they're trying to do other stuff sometimes they inadvertently come up with some like high quality absurdist <laughs> that's that's very true yeah entertainment at their expense yeah, and it sounds um, like a really uh, great range of comedians that we've got organised, Hellchild. So, yeah, thank you for taking the time to come on the show to promote the event, and we're looking forward to your performance as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks, Hellchild. Yeah. See you, Hellchild. Thank you. See you at the comedy Bye-bye. debate. Bye. Bye, Clive. Bye. Come- Oh, you woke him up again. Go back to sleep. So the comedy debate is next Friday. Next Friday at um, starting at 6 or doors open 6.30pm at the Fitzroy Town Hall. Um, Check out the Green Left website for the details. Yeah. Uh, We're just going to go to a quick break and um, stay tuned for Green Left Radio on 3CR. Rising Tide invites you to join the People's Blockade of the world's largest coal port from November 24 to 27 at Mullabimba, Newcastle. 1% of global emissions are from coal shipped through the port. We are in a climate crisis. It can't continue. Thousands of people will gather to demand no new coal and an end to coal exports by 2030 and alternative secure jobs for coal workers. Get on the water or chill out on the beach with live music and more. Register your interest at risingtide.org.au forward slash blockade and we'll get in touch with you. Rising Tide is a 3CR supporter. Change has to come. Change has to come. Change has to come. 
Alright, welcome back to Green Left Radio on 3CR. We're keeping it staunch. We're mixing it up. We are doing the activist calendar at 25 past 8 instead of the usual time of 8. So there you go. Alright, Friday, November 3, that is today. There is a forum this evening at 6pm at the Loading Bay at Trades Hall and that is the Trade Unionists for Palestine Forum. I'm going to be going, I'm going to have my CFMEU shirt on, and if you're a unionist, or even if you ain't, you should come along and check that out, because uh, we do need the power of the organised working class to stand in solidarity with Palestine right now. On Sunday, there is the uh, latest of the recurring Sunday rallies. Uh, Keep standing with Palestine, stop the war on Gaza. That is at 12 noon at the State Library at Swanston Street in the city. Uh, Tuesday, November 7, there is the Not the Cup party and protest at 10am at the Flemington and Kensington Bowling Club, also known as Fashions on the Field. (laughs) So that will be quite festive and, dare I say it, glamorous. Or um, actually the um, non-horse torturing event that I'll be going to is the People's Blockade Fundraiser. That's at 12 noon at Alexandra Gardens in the city. Uh, South side. South side of the Yarra. Uh, Come along. There is going to be live music, a battery-powered PA. I think we're going to have a wok cooking up Thai food. Vegan Thai food. Vegan Thai food. There's going to be a barbecue. By a a little restaurant called, um, uh, I think it's Bring Your Grub. Yeah, Bring Your Grub. Yeah. Grub for ya. Grub for ya. That's Grub for ya. Grub for ya. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so come look to that, and uh, that's the, it's, there's a raffle as well. It's raising money to help people get up to the People's Blockade, the world's largest coal port, later this month. Uh, all right. Now Wednesday, November eight, uh, at five thirty p.m. It's been pushed back slightly. Uh, is Mary Beck Community Stands with Palestine? Gather at the Bell Street entrance of Coburg Town Hall, 90 Bell Street, Coburg. Uh, You will be there, I'm guessing. Yes, I will be there. (laughs) I'll be there. Um, All right. And then skimming forward, we just heard about uh, the Green Left comedy debate coming up. Uh, We should welcome our new AI overlords, uh, emceed by Tom Ballard. That's 6.30 for 8pm start at Fitzroy Town Hall, 201 Napier Street, uh, next uh, Friday, November 10. And on Wednesday, November 15, there is a forum, Solidarity with Venezuela. That is at 6pm at Trades Hall, 54 Victoria Street, Carlton South. Uh, Wednesday, November... 22, there is a protest, defend the right to protest, free the refugees, Heidelberg Magistrates Court, Chicka Street, Heidelberg, uh, Thursday, November 23 to Monday, November 27, there is the NAM Melbourne Vic contingent to the People's Blockade of the World's Largest Coal Port up in Mullabimba, Newcastle. So we have skipped over a couple of things, but that is because it is getting very close to mm. the end of our show for this week. Um, and we want to thank our listeners for keeping us on air, for tuning in. Um, thank you to our guests, Shamik Badra, Nathan Bell and Hellchild for coming on the show. And thank you, 3CR, for their support. Um, and stay tuned for the next 
show, show. which is leftover breakfast. Just going to be staunch as ever. See ya. Catch you next week. If we've got time to say you can become a supporter yeah. of Green Left, um, it's uh, check on the Green Left website. It's just $5 a month to be a supporter. And don't forget, come to the uh, Green Left comedy debate next Friday night or make a donation if you can't come. That helps keep this show on the road. See you there. This brings us to the end of the show. You have been listening to Friday Morning Breakfast with Green Left Radio, brought to you by Green Left Weekly Newspaper, which brings an alternative source of information that puts people and planet before profit. If you like our work, become a supporter from $5 per month at greenleft.org.au slash support or free call 1800 634 206. Arise you workers from their slumbers. Arise you prisoners of one. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.